The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Hey guys, new feature here. I'm going to do a post-pod quick preview for you guys. So now that the pod is over, I know what happened. I know what to point out to you. And boy, what a pod. We went over two hours. A lot of college football, all the big games, some NFL talk. We bashed the bookies pretty hard. By the way, speaking of bookies, Matty Holt, a big favorite from last year. He joined us for the entire time. Brad Powers, Fezzik, too. Best bets galore. A lot of good talk and and some fun ball busting. So I think this is, uh, and especially with Fezzik, I mean, we know he's the dirtiest player in the game, but there really was an unveiling of some of the ways that he has tried to get bets in. One he admitted to was at a certain sports book where there was a um, rodeo convention. He actually went and bought cowboy boots and a cowboy hat so he could blend in with the crowd and get his bets in. Now, there's more detail than that, but it's that level of shockingness waiting for you <laughs> with Fezzik's stories. So that comes up in just a minute. First, though, just one word. And this is an opportunity, really, from Bet DSI. They have, now that we have, obviously, the NFL and NCAA football season kicking off, at BetDSI.com, they have a new 2018 Handicappers Cup. So how does this work? I will be making five picks a week. RJ Bell, myself. Now, you can compete against me. So you make five plays too. And anybody that beats me in any given week... So let's say I go three and two, right? I'm going to be happy with that. If you go four and one, it doesn't matter how many thousands it is. Everyone gets a $25 free play from betdsi.com. Now, if I go own five, now let's be candid. Very, very unlikely. But if I go own five, everybody that wins a game wins their free 25. Now, over the course of the entire season, Those that have the most winning picks have a shot at the $1,000 grand prize. And that winner will get a special tape segment on the Dream Preview, talking about how he did it, talking about, you know, any the next upcoming game, who he likes. You'll be right in the mix with Fezzik, Brad, me, Maddie Holt, et cetera. The mysterious Mr. Mackey, everybody. Um, so you'll be able to see my picks up at Bet DSI, and all the terms and conditions are up there. But in general, in general, the uh, if you don't have an account, you can still win, like a deposited account, but you don't win as much. And then if you have a de- deposited account, you win the full prize. So it's one of those deals; everyone gets a shot at it. But if you have a deposit in. I think the price is like 10 times as much. So check out all those details. And oh, by the way, speaking of deposits or whatever, here's a special offer. And this comes with Podcast One. And oh, by the way, one more by the way, the Podcast One 
other participants in this Handicappers Cup is John Taffer's podcast. John's from Bar Rescue, many of you know. His audience is participating. And Dennis Miller's audience participating. And again, I respect the broadcasting, a minimum for both those guys. And I know our audience is so much sharper. So you're going to be competing against all those people for the grand prize, but let's be candid. They're in trouble. All right. And if one of the dream preview guys don't win, well, I'm going to be a little disappointed. I mean, I'll blame you. I mean, I'm not going to blame myself for this, but I will be disappointed. All joking aside, I think we have an edge against those guys because I'm guessing there's not a lot of talk about how to find value in the point spread on Taffer's pod or, or Miller's pod. So Here's the special offer this week. To help you get started with some extra bang for your buck, BetDSI is offering double your money on your first deposit. That's right. Deposit to start winning and get up to $2,500 free. That's double your money right from the get-go. It's like winning your first bet automatically. Join BetDSI.com today. Use promo code BELL101. So B-E-L-L-101. And you already won by doubling your bank roll straight away. That's promo code BELL101 to get in the action and get paid. So you got two things. One, might as well get started in the contest because it's an accumulation over the season for the grand prize, though you can win each week. And in addition, if you do want to put a deposit in, you win more money on the grand prize if you win, but also you're getting your money doubled using promo code Bell 101. All right, on to the show. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is RJ Bell. That's right, and it's the college football kickoff week edition with my wise guy roundtable. To my right, making his return, fresh haircut, shaved, looking like a businessman, Matty Holt, no longer vice president, now president, Matty Holt. (laughs) He's got his hands in the air. In front of me, Steve Fezzik. Oh my gosh, you're going to hear about his game of the year. Ooh, it was a good one, but he's talking to my left, and he'll be anchoring today's edition. The guy with all the college knowledge, Brad Powers. I'm RJ Bell. Guys, we're back to the simple shows. We're going to take the biggest games of the week Monday, Sunday, Saturday, including, I mean, Michigan, Notre Dame, Alabama opens up. LSU, Miami, et cetera, et cetera. We're taking about the 10. Does that sound right, Brad? Yep. About the 10 biggest games of the week. And additionally, we're going to talk a few NFL topics. And also, Brad put out his 10 most improved teams from last year. Got a ton of attention on Twitter. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And as always, best bets, including... A best bet from Dave Esler. He's transitioning into college football. And you guys heard him. 
all spring on the baseball side. Great stuff there. And he knows college football and quite frankly, NFL just as well. So a bunch of best bets. It's jam packed. Showtime. Woo. All right, Brad, let's get straight into it. We're going to go, go reverse chronological order. So if somehow you're listening late, you can uh, stop listening at a certain point. But again, don't listen late. Monday night, we've got, you know, it's the one NFL week. They get to have a Monday night game. Florida State, Virginia Tech. What's the current number? Current number, Florida State at home hosting the Hokies. A seven and a half point favorite, Florida State. Your total sits at 57. And what's been the line move and such? Line move, Florida State's taking heavy money. Uh, very soft opening number, a pick at a certain casino I took advantage of in late May. Uh, but it really opened <laughs> around six uh, when a lot of the offshore. Welcome to Mirage, Mr. Papa Giorgio. A lot of the offshore markets open Florida State six, and it's crossed through that key seven number, Florida State seven and a half. You're not going to tell us every game you bet early no, all year. but there might you? be. Because I'll have to do some editing. I'll, we don't edit the pod, so don't make me do it. I'll mention that one, and I'll mention one more. All right. That's the whole year? Oh, no, each oh, week. the whole year? I think oh. each week you get one all ticket. Right. No, nah, not two. Fez is like, I want to brag too, so let's make it two. <laughs> <laughs> one. One. All Speaking right. of that, though, he talked about a soft number. Mr. Holt, now you can talk even more honestly about how bad bookies are. But the one bookie I kind of, listen, there are some good people. I'm talking professionally. The bookies are bad. Now that you're your new career in quickly, how would you describe it? One one sentence. What's your new career? Uh, so as president of U.S. Integrity, president. we build um, we build customizable dashboards that ingest data from both the sports books and the professional and the collegiate sports leagues. And we're kind of price waterhouse in the middle. We look for any abnormalities in the data for game integrity and fraud prevention purposes. I think he said that before. Exactly in those words. <laughs> it sounds like a pitch deck he's got and he's raising money. Let's just say this, guys. Don't bet against Matty Holt, even without the VIG on his side. We're lucky to have him back. Let me ask you, though. I was listening to the radio coming in, and they were talking. And this is Vegas, so it's gambling talk. Apparently at the South Point, and me and the South Point have had some conflicts because I'm not afraid to point out what I disagree with. I'm not sure I'm right. History says I am more times than not, <laughs> as I joke with my wife. But the fact is, I feel a need to point out what I consider BS right now. They have the New York giants at 15 to one to win the super bowl. Does that seem mm. like Fez? What's the, if I went and shopped that, what can I get? I would have to feel. So you don't have any idea what the future odds are right now. Not on the giants. They're like so minimal RJ. I would, I would have expected the giants would be like 40 to one right now. So we really don't need you speculating on what the Giants should be. But I'll pull, I'll take care of it, Fez. You relax and keep daydreaming about your game of the year that you won so easily. <laughs> I mean, geez. He's like 30 to 1 at another prominent Las Vegas book. Yeah, and I'm looking right now at the odds I gave the AP recently. And this is a sharp line with three outs. So that's the way I tend to do it. Pick three good places. And it was 40 to 1. This is like maybe 10 days ago. How in the heck can it be fit? Boy, what would I have to lay? Minus uh, 2,200, 22, take back 15. Does that sound right for the right VIG? If I wanted to say no, yeah. 
They're not offering the no, though. I know. I'm saying maybe maybe I should walk down and see if they'll take some. You should ask. <laughs> I mean, what what would you put the true odds on the Giants being? I would just look at any team lined to seven and a quarter and say. On the season win. Yeah, somewhere around 70 to one would be the true odds. I get they're heavy on the Giants, but do you have to go that low like to make it where like no one else could like it would be criminal if someone bet the Giants at this point at fifteen to one. Well, think about the Eagles that were like thirty, thirty-five to one. They had a season win number, I believe, eight and a half, big to the over, up to nine. They weren't at seven and a quarter. You know, it dawned on me. Maddie has to still do business with these books, so he's he's just going to be mum. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> I'll be the gadfly. I'll be here to call it like I say. I promise I'm never going to need anything from any of these sports books, so I'll always tell you the truth. All right, Brad, give us your – and what we'll do is get your core handicap on these games, and then Fez and Maddie can jump in and with color. Yeah, I'm going to lean with Florida State in this opening Monday night game. Again, Florida State is seven and a half point favorite. Still lean with the Seminoles in this one. I think they have a significant matchup edge. They're moving to a more up-tempo offense. And they're taking on a Virginia Tech defense that's decimated and very depth shy in the secondary. Keep in mind, Virginia Tech this summer, not at the end of last year, not in the spring, this summer lost three projected starters in the secondary. I think major advantage in the second half for the Knowles. That's why I lean with Florida State. So in the second half, why would the second half, if, if Florida State's favored and the problem is the defensive secondary of their of Virginia Tech, why second half? Second half, meaning, uh, you know, Florida State, as the plays, uh, you know, add up uh, and Florida State's moving to so depth. So like depth, depth. they're going to wear them down. Virginia Tech just does not have the depth. This isn't Alabama or Ohio State losing three projected starters when you already were replacing three starters in the secondary uh, they can't just roll out a bunch of players. So has the to- what's been the total move? The total move has coincided with at least this thought. Major money on the over with Florida State moving up tempo. Open 52, it's up to 57. Because it strikes me two things. One, they'll be less effective defensively. Two, though, Florida State's probably motivated to throw more. Yep. Now, do you think Florida State wants to make a statement here? Last year was a historically down year. New coach. If they win 70 to nothing in front of the world... Not that they could necessarily choose that because it's not that big of a spread, but don't they want some margin if they can get it? Absolutely. Faz, what do you think on the game? I'm leaning the other way. I'm worried about it. It's a first. So you're leaning for whom? Vatek plus the seven and a half, RJ. And the reason being, we crossed that key number of seven. God damn it. Who's they? <laughs> Pronouns, pal. Florida State's going with a brand new system, as you mentioned. Further, more up-tempo. It's not what the players are used to. It may take a few games to get it under their belt. There may be a few hiccups in September here. Hmm. Hmm. But isn't So let's agree with the following. If you told me I had to bet it blind, first third of the season with a new coach and last third, and I can make two choices, fade or follow, or fade or back, I would 100% fade teams with new coaches the first third of the year, forced, and then I would follow the third third of the year. Middle, I'm kind of neutral. My thinking being, everyone gets excited about a new coach. That's the narrative, but truth is that you always hear those quarterbacks, Brad, and you watch the press conferences. You know, I'm starting to really understand this offense. You hear that. 
Right. And not only that, but and this I've noticed this the last couple of years, and we saw it again with this game when Florida State officially announced DeAndre Francois as the starter, which we all kind of knew he's supposed to be the starter. We saw more money come in on Florida State, the guy who's already supposed to be the starter, but he got hurt last year, so maybe there was some speculation about the return from injury. But once that official announcement came, even though it was already relatively known, it actually caused a. Uh, you know, some type of effect in the wagering market where people bet more on Florida State. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense. France Wall, more experience, more upside than James Blackman. And if you just, if you believe in high school recruiting rankings, James Blackman was a borderline three star. DeAndre Francois was a five star player. So just a, a more talented player behind center for the Knowles. Buried in what Maddie was saying, I think being announced as the starter was like you said, 100% verification of his health, right? So it sounds like built into the number, that soft number Brad was talking about, was a chance this guy's not ready for game one, which would have been a downgrade, right? Yep. Okay. Any other thoughts on the game around the horn here? You know, I think maybe, you know, with the suspension here, we're seeing a lot of these games with suspensions early. We're forgetting how good of a coach Justin Fuentes is. And everyone's talking about DeAndre Francois, and I agree. He was super highly touted, and we never got to see a lot of him in action because of what happened in that Alabama game. But Josh Jackson is a good quarterback at at Virginia Tech, too. They have a good quarterback and an experienced coach. I I think people are are a little bit forgetting about how good this coach-QB combo might be for the Hokies. That's Matty Hold. I'm R.J. Bell. Next game, Sunday, Miami, Florida, LSU. What's our numbers? Miami, and this one, keep in mind, in Arlington, Texas, in Jerry World, Miami, Florida, a three-and-a-half point favorite. Your total is 47-and-a-half. Miami favorite over LSU. Now, do you have any sense of, with travel, with, I mean, my gut feeling is LSU, the, the Texas boys, the Texas fans appreciate LSU, more, I would guess, than those you know, city slickers in Miami. Yeah, Miami's never played here. LSU's got some recent experience in this stadium. LSU's about 650 miles closer to Arlington than Miami, Florida. Miami, Florida traditionally, as a fan base, doesn't travel very well. I think giving LSU a half point to a point of home field advantage is certainly uh, what I did when I figured out the power rating for a game. Okay, so starting this handicap, we've got Dave Ashler. So what he's going to be doing this year is giving us one free pick, Every week, best bet, and two other big, let's say, handicapping concepts, but game-specific. Like, this team's home field isn't as good as you think or whatever. And if you really think about it, handicapping is about accumulating factors that the market's not accounting for. That's all, I mean, really, ultimately, a handicap is, because if the market accounts for it, it's irrelevant, right? If it's priced properly is what's pro this team, what's con this team, the market's not accounting for. You add up the factors, you have two points of edge. If you do, you bat it, Fez. Is that a fair way to kind of explain your approach? Yeah, two points of edge usually equates to about a 55% bet, RJ. That's what we're looking for. That's where the key edge is. Now, what's funny, though, about this, and this is 100% true, I've got we got two great techs at pregame, and we've just launched a new contest platform, and it's version one, we got version two coming out within the week and it, it, it I'll say this, go check it out. And we're going to have a super contest type thing. It won't be, it'll be, I think a little better than the super contest. Cause you're going to be able to bet later uh, or make your picks later and make your picks one at a time. 
to me, those are just disadvantages of the super contest because they're brick and mortar. It's paper. It's a lot of hassles. But why wouldn't you be able to bet two games on Tuesday and one game on whatever? Because they don't want their ticket writers having to do a second pass through, right? Well, on the internet, you can avoid and mobile, you can avoid all that. But one of the techs is a huge believer in biorhythms where they can, he looks at your birthday and say, he'll say between 6 a.m. and noon on this day, you're going to feel great. And he like, this guy's a brilliant dude. It sounds like a bunch of gobbledygook, right? He's winning. He has a contest he started in baseball just as a beta test. There's like 60 people in it. He doesn't even know like, like what the DH is. All he's doing is looking at the pitcher's biorhythm. The freaking dude's leading the contest. I swear to God, he's number one. So we'll keep an eye on that. I mean, imagine if he's got something there. But I, then, you know, <laughs> I'm still skeptical, but pretty amazing so far, at least short sample size. But he's got like 60 picks he's made already. Wow. Yeah. So I'll give you the name. I had to look it up and see what his uh, username is. All right. So Maggie told us Loopy Beaver is the name. And, it, and I'm right, right? He's leading, right, Maggie? Yeah, I'll look up the record right now. Yeah, look up the record. All right, we're going to listen to Astler first. Here he is in Miami. He's talking about Miami as a team. The first topic I want to talk about, and, and this, is, this is an ongoing thing for me, 365 days a year, people remember what they saw last. And now I'm going to apologize in advance to Hurricane fans, but I'm going to use them. People remember last year, two consecutive Saturdays, when they tore apart Virginia Tech and Notre Dame. They don't remember what happened next because it wasn't televised. They lost at Pittsburgh. They were crushed by Clemson. Then they lost in the Orange Bowl uh, to Wisconsin. People remember what they saw last. They saw Miami's turnover chain on defense. What they didn't see was Miami's turnover chain on offense. His name is Malik Razier. Three picks at Virginia Tech, three picks at Wisconsin. People didn't want to see their other wins. I don't blame them. By four over FSU, by eight over Syracuse by five over North Carolina, one over Georgia Tech. We can flip it around a little bit. Uh, What they don't see is that LSU won last year at Auburn, at Ole Miss, and at Florida. They see Mark Richt winning last year. They forget his big game losses at Georgia. If he didn't have all those, he'd probably still be at Athens. So what all this adds up to for me is Miami may be the trendy pick, but I'm not ready to go there. Okay, so Brad, any thoughts on his analysis specifically? See, I, you know, I'm kind of opposite. I think people do remember last, and what they saw was Miami after starting ten and zero lost their last three games, and those games were on national TV, uh, on ABC, all of them were. So you look at Miami. I thought they kind of faked it to that ten and zero start. I thought, generally speaking, they were overrated. Yeah, but here's what's funny: on Straight Out of Vegas or Fox show Friday, Saturday nights. When they were, uh, as you thought, Fugazis, yeah. you guys, both you and Fez were like, oh, Miami's nothing, Miami's nothing, Miami's nothing, Miami's nothing. And then they won one game. <laughs> How do you know it's a Fugazi? It's a fake. Yeah, I know what a Fugazi is. And then you guys came in and said, we were wrong. You know what? We've got to reevaluate in 2018 or 17 is blah, blah, blah. And it took one game. I can't remember. Was it the Virginia Tech game, am I thinking? or uh, More the Notre Dame game. Yes, yes. Notre Dame. Oh, my gosh. We were so wrong. And then they lose three straight. So what? It, which one is it? Did you say they were uh, Fugazis or did you buy in? They, or they or were, both? They were more fake. 
<laughs> well, yeah, now yeah. you're saying in hindsight. Well, what happened is, RJ, you're busting our balls every week because we kept telling you this is a phony team. And you're like, they're not phony, Fez. Well, and we finally waved the white flag. No, on no, the guy. I never said they're not phony. I said what makes like what you were saying that explained their phoniness didn't make sense to me. Everyone thinks I'm always taking the other side when I'm saying let's not be so sure about the side you're on. I didn't, I, I didn't necessarily like Miami, but you guys kept explaining why the, the record didn't mean anything. That didn't make sense to me. We should have doubled down on the randomness that was the Georgia Tech game, the Florida State game, where basically they played even for 59 minutes and then they wound up winning coin flips. But then we saw that beat down against Notre Dame and we waved the white flag. So here's the last question. Do people just remember Miami had a much better year than they ha- have had in a long time? If so, I think Esler's right. Or do they remember that they ended up very poorly relative, you know, I guess playing some big games. My gut feeling is net net. It's more about they had a good year last year and they were young. That's what a lot of new coach, young, who knows what's going to happen. Absolutely. You're right. I'll wave the white flag. I, right think it's clo- I think you're right, too. I think it's both. There's going to be both emotions. Yeah. And, and I think the AP poll is a good, you know, at least, you know, the indicator of that. And Miami comes in at number eight as far as the preseason AP poll. So they're thinking that the, the arrow's pointing up as far as this program is. You know, what's interesting is everyone keeps making a big deal of the stat that LSU doesn't have a player, a running back on the team with even run rushing touchdown. But the history of LSU running backs tells us that they're probably going to be fine this year. And they're probably going to have a starter in a bro set who's actually a senior starting this year at running back. I think what it comes down to for me is can former Ohio State recruit Burrow solidify the quarterback position? Because if they in, I think this LSU team's pretty strong everywhere else. Is college at the best programs, Brad, like the NFL now where there's a third and fourth string back that just got a bunch of talent? You just haven't heard of them yet. It feels like at LSU, the idea they're just going to have no good running backs doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think generally at that position, I mean, obviously it's not quarterback, but I think that's the position at the 15 blue blood programs. You can roll out a lot of guys and have at least – a productive season. And if we're going to talk about players and start comparing players and players, look, there's two players that are going to play in this game that are for sure going to get drafted in the first round, and they're Devin White and Greedy Williams, and they both play for LSU. His name is Greedy? Yeah, Greedy is that Williams. Real, Grady or Greedy? G-R-E-E-D-Y, Greedy Williams. Yeah, his he got the That's name. A He's a cornerback who's going to get drafted in the first round. That'd be a good handicapper name. Yeah. <laughs> I, want the, I want the bookies money, baby. <laughs> All right, Fez, any thoughts on this game? Well, my best bet, which is going to come later, is on the total in this game. Oh, so you're just going to – let's just – we won't even – I don't want you to hint at it. But on the side – Okay. I like the fact that Brad made an adjustment for home field advantage a quarter to a one point. I might go even further because it's game one. So I think if there's ever a game where you could get rattled by a change in by a crowd noise, a change in venue that you haven't been to before, the fact that this game's in Arlington, I might go a quarter, a point and a quarter advantage LSU. How experienced is the quarterback for Miami? Uh, Malik Rozier was a starter last year. A lot of people banged on him, but he lost three of his best weapons. But at least he's been in big games. Absolutely. Joe Burrow, talented for Ohio State, never got the starting job. This will be his first career start. 
All right, Brad, your official leaner like? I'm leaning with Miami. Fez just mentioned LSU, the crowd. I think the program is very apathetic. I'm going to have to check ticket sales. I don't know if necessarily LSU is going to sell a lot of tickets for this game because majority of LSU fans wants, want Ed Orgeron out of there. They, they feel like this guy is a you know stopgap, an interim coach, not not a fan of the hire, didn't do much last year for losses for him. So I'm leaning with Miami. I got the better head coach, in my opinion. I got the more experienced quarterback. And I also have a healthy Miami team that went healthy last year on offense, did start the season 10-0. and 0. So for new listeners, what we do on these big games is force from whoever the expert is in that sport. We force a lean or a like. Now, a lean might think, hey, this baby's off a half point, right? And if you have to play it, I lean this way. A like is I'm probably betting this game um, or I'm borderline betting it. So it makes it clear who they like and how much. And obviously the best bets, that's one per week. Okay, next game, Louisville, Alabama. Brad, give us the numbers. Yeah, and keep in mind this game is played in Orlando, Florida, and right now Alabama a 24.5-point favorite. Your total sits at 60.5. I like Louisville, believe it or not, in this game. And let me preface by saying, because you're going to hear and see this stat out there, in season openers, Nick Saban, the Hall of Fame head coach for Alabama, is nine and one against the spread, and he's eleven and zero straight up in season opening games. And yet, I like Louisville because it's not often when you have a twenty four and a half point underdog that I think Louisville has a matchup edge here, and it's their improved passing attack. Yes, improved passing without Lamar Jackson for Louisville against an Alabama secondary when they roll out their dime package. That's six defensive backs. Not a single one of them was in that dime package a year ago. Alabama has to replace all six of their top defensive backs. Louisville's got an elite set of wide receivers, top five unit in the country. Five Petrino thinks his offense, Louisville head coach, will be better than last year's offense. I think it'll be more balanced. Give me Louisville getting a hefty number here, plus 24 and a half, like Louisville. Now, when Maddie was in college, a dime package was very different. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> is that true, Manny? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but the truth on the dream preview. Thoughts on this game? You know, it's interesting in this game. Alabama hasn't been a favorite this big since they opened 2011 against Kent State. And in the newest stint of Bobby Petrino in Louisville, the Cardinals have only been a double digit one time, plus 10, and they covered the spread in that game. This is a monumental underdog situation for Louisville in the second stint of the Bobby Petrino era. I'm with you. All the numbers here point to a massive overinflation on the Crimson Tide, and I think you can only play the Louisville Cardinals at 24 and a half. Largest underdog role for Louisville in any game since the year 2000. So historic underdog role for them. I think the fact that Alabama is such a big favorite makes the trend of how good they are in the opening game a little less relevant because what happens is it's extra time, right? What you're saying is let's say even like in a bowl game, focus on one team, you're in trouble. Are they focusing on Louisville? What's the next big game for Bama? Uh, week three against Ole Miss. I'm glad you brought it up, though, RJ. While Alabama has been dominant in these season opening games, a lot of neutral site games. But like, like, like Maddie said, they were competitive. I mean, Wisconsin, I remember. Re- yep. I mean, where the lines weren't in the 20s. And exactly. it would make sense Saban's focused on this team exclusively. The only time in a neutral site game they were laying more than three touchdowns a few years ago against West Virginia, and that is the only non-cover in a season opener for Nick Saban. They only won the game by 10. 
I mean, I know a little bit about the way these teams, uh, college football teams prepare, not saving specifically. And it's usually, okay, we've got this day. Let's spend it on Michigan. Like every team has their priorities of the season that they consider during their practice schedule. And it strikes me, are they spending a few less days on Louisville and a few more on Mississippi perhaps because this game, not a sure thing, but in theory, not super competitive. And maybe they don't show some of their best stuff. A little more vanilla. Yeah, I lean to Louisville. The book on Alabama is that I look to avoid. They're like the Patriots. I look to avoid betting against them. But if there's one subset where I'll look to do it, it's when they become a 20-plus point favorite because oftentimes workmanlike effort Colorado State game last year where they don't, they like you said, they, they, they stay they're, vanilla. They're taking the air out of the ball. They just want the game to be over. And if anything, Malinsky years ago right here on the Dream Preview, would talk about the unders in the second half were very sharp when Bama had that big lead because they were taking the air out of the ball so much. My only concern with that is Jalen Hurts coming. Which is what I was going to bring up next because the theory is last year we were a little cautious fading Alabama in these big spots because they had a good backup quarterback. Well, they're flipped, but don't we have a good backup quarterback? But if we get that red shirt count, do we know what games Hurts is going to be playing in as a backup, and what games is a third-string guy going to be playing in? We don't. So That's the question, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I think one more key point to bring up in this game, because Lamar Jackson, the Heisman Trophy But, but hold on, I think we're made, yeah. and, and I want to hear yeah. this, but I think that's a powerful point. If we knew that Hertz was going to play, let's say it gets to be a 24-point lead, and there's nine minutes left. If we know he's going to play, I want Bama. Right? I guess if it's 24, I want Bama regardless. But I want Bama much more. If the third stringer is going to play, I'm not near as anxious to want Bama. So this feels like almost like, can you even bet this game without knowing that? I mean, you can bet it first half maybe, but can you bet this game not knowing who's going to quarterback if Bama gets up 28 entering the fourth? That's an excellent point. Hmm. So we just wasted our time. No, <laughs> I, I do think we're going to find – now, again, it brings out the point. If you really like one team or the other – Maybe you look first half and take away that uncertainty. Pregame.com, um, almost said straight out of Vegas. Pregame.com, the dream preview. It is coming to you straight out of Vegas, just not in the name. All right, next game. Oh, I'm sorry, you had one more thing. Uh, actually, I want to bring up the Pregame.com Game Center on this one because I think it's important to note the cash and the ticket differences on this one. 85% of the tickets are on Alabama in this game. Yet 60% of the cash on Louisville, and this number was a little bit higher earlier on in the summer where Alabama was right around a four-touchdown favorite. That line down to 24, so bigger money on Louisville in this game. And obviously I agree with it. And I know we talked about Lamar Jackson a lot last year. Football sexy Lamar Jackson made Louisville overrated in the marketplace. 5-12 and 12 against the numbers last 17 starts. Now without Lamar Jackson, I think Louisville, generally speaking, is underrated. And, you know, one of the stats I didn't look into, but someone told me coming into this season, and it just makes sense generally, that you should always bet on teams who lose a quarterback that gets drafted in the first round because there's this massive overreaction on it. And in the first game of the season... You're getting reminded... That's all that, the time. That, that, they that the guy's them. gone, yeah. That's interesting. And we saw it with Josh Allen in Wyoming. That line went from Wyoming 7.5 down to Wyoming 3.5, and, and Wyoming absolutely steamrolled New Mexico State in the first game and blew them out handily, winning 
winning by what, 21 or 23 points. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting stat and I don't have the numbers in front of me going back a few years, but it's certainly already we saw Wyoming win easy without Josh Allen. And I think it's even more applicable for a non blue blooded program, right? Ohio State loses someone, you figure it's plug and play. Louisville's not the same level. Wyoming, obviously, not the same as USC. Maybe not anymore, right? Borderline. Yep. Interesting. Wow, good analysis from everyone. And you can hear Brad's ready. Brad is ready. By the way, we're going to be doing a podcast, Brad and I, with Colin Cowherd on Friday. Uh, college preview, so I'm bringing in the big guns. So he releases that on Saturday. Um, and uh, we'll uh, I'll tweet that out at RJ in Vegas. Brad, you'll tweet it out at Brad Powers 7. Brad Power 7. Okay, next game. Ooh, doggy, a big one. Oh, this is, you know something? Michigan, Notre Dame. Hmm. Let's do, I don't really want to talk Michigan, so I'm going to do a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. No, yeah, quick commercial break, and we'll be to this Michigan game. Football season is here, which means a lot of new sponsors for the Dream Preview. We love the support, guys, and remember, our goal here is to bring you products that interest you and me tell you the truth about my feelings about them. There's a lot, I'll be candid. There's a lot of products that they offer. Hey, that product can advertise with you. And I don't either like it or I don't know much about it. And we pass. And luckily we have enough interest that we're you know sold out where we don't, we have enough ads. So you at least know, I feel genuine about them. New sponsor RX bar. Now, this is a protein bar that's whole food. They talk about the idea, and let's be candid. If you look inside a lot of these bars, you'll see like a bunch of foods. I guess you can call them foods and in quote ingredients. And it sounds like, like it's a chemical this and chemical that. And hey, we all have some chemicals sometimes, you know, Coke Zero or whatever. But if you have a choice between eating a bar that's got a bunch of chemicals that can't be good for you versus one that is, uh, you know, really trying to have the whole foods in it. Well, I want the whole foods and that's what the RX bar does. And you can actually see and transparency is something they really focus on. You can see exactly what's in the bar with the ingredients and they give you a lot of detail there. And when do you eat bars, right? Personally, there's two times for me. One is for breakfast. I'm not a huge breakfast guy. And often I'll have a, it's probably my one healthiest meal where I'll have like a big protein shake I make with a bunch of vitamins in it and stuff. But I don't always have the 20 minutes to put that together. And I really like sometimes having a bar and I like a big glass of water with it. Get that hydration going. My favorite, and they've got 14 the RX bar has 14 different flavors. And one of them I like is the chocolate sea salt because then you get that, that little bit of salt and then it makes you thirsty. So I have maybe a second bottle of water and then I'm ready to go. But they've got 14 different flavors. Now, here's the thing. You can have a special offer because it's dream preview related. And here's the way it works. Go to rxbar.com. So the letter R, the letter X, bar, B-A-R.com, slash dream, and you get 25% off your first order. So you're, say, you're, you're putting that in your pocket right away. 
rxbar.com slash dream. And then at the checkout, you can enter the promo code dream. And that helps with the discounts and all that. So both the URL and promo code. I'm not sure if you need both, but better safe than sorry. rxbar.com slash dream exclusive or special offer 25% off anything you order at checkout. Just use dream. Okay, one of two. Here comes number two before we get back to Michigan. Dollar Shave Club. We've talked about them a bunch. We've gotten really good response from our listeners on this. And no matter what you do in the bathroom to get ready, Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. They have amazing shower stuff, hairstyling products, Hey, we're going to be going to video here. We're going to be streaming the taping of the dream preview, if you can believe it, here within a month or so. So I'm going to be shaved. I'm going to have to have a little bit of product in there, but not that product that makes your hair look thin because I don't like that either. I have just enough hair in the right circumstance that I look fine, but too much product, you're in trouble. And that's the beauty with Dollar Shave Club is you can sample this stuff. They have great selection. And once you find, you know, that includes toothpaste, toothbrushes, razors, shave supplies. And once you find what you like, you can just subscribe and it gets delivered at the proper time. And some of the big online retailers have figured out what Dollar Shave Club has known and really, I think, perfected is knowing when to deliver it to you, how to deliver it to make it where not only are you enjoying the product, but the hassle of using it is modest or borderline non-existent. And the price, the prices, I think a bargain might be the best way to say it. And now you can get ready with an amazing deal on any one of their starter sets. I recommend the Daily Essential Starter Set. They have the Amber Lavender Body Cleanser, all kind of choices head over to dollarshaveclub.com slash dream. So it's in the URL. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash dream. And pick your own. You get a choice. DSC starter set for just $5. So ultimately, we price uncertainty. That's what we do at pregame.com. That's what I do. That's what you do in life if you know it or not. The beauty of this offer is the uncertainty of will you like Dollar Shave Club is $5. And even if you got to spend the five, if you feel like, you know, we did RJ and the dream preview, a solid keeping the amount of resources they apply, the time they apply, then you've done something fine. So really it's a free roll. You're spending five bucks. You're either helping the dream preview team, or you now have found this great way. If it's with shaving products or whatever to upkeep your life. And let's be candid. The more simplicity, the more, like I've got that covered, right? When I've got something covered, it feels great. That's one of the nice things having a new car, right? Is, or at least a car that really works well. You know, you know, people that struggle financially, oftentimes they get in that hole and it's a, it's a vicious cycle. It's like, oh, they got a job interview, but the car doesn't start. So now they miss it. So the guy thinks they're a flake, the boss, so they don't hire him. So now you can't get a new car. It's the chicken and the egg, right? Let's be candid. We all have a thousand hassles every day. And the beauty with Dollar Shave Club is you can feel pretty strongly 
They're going to have stuff both with shaving and otherwise it's going to be a solution to that hassle. Dollarshaveclub.com slash dream for that special offer. Dollarshaveclub.com slash dream. I guess we got to do it. Michigan, Notre Dame, go Irish, go. I mean, I'm neutral. Go ahead, Brad. What's the numbers? Yeah, Notre Dame, a one-point home favorite. Games played in South Bend. Your total sits at 47. Notre Dame, one-point favorite over the Wolverines. Now, you've been talking a lot about your little ticket you got on this game, right? Do I remember I'm that? I'm only allowed one. I ah, mentioned Florida State pick. Well, well, let's just then talk about the line move, and you can all guess Brad had it early. Yeah, I am Michigan getting a touchdown here. <laughs> so this opened up Michigan plus seven. Plus seven. And the current line? Notre, well, Notre Dame just flipped the favorite because of a key injury for Michigan, but uh, Michigan this summer was as big as a two-and-a-half to three-point favorite. Okay, but right now, current line? Notre Dame a one-point home favorite. Now, one of the things that we've been doing on Straight out of Vegas, and we're going to continue, is, I don't know if you've heard this, Maddie, undercover best bets. And the theory is we got guys like Joel Klatt, we got guys like Michael Lombardi giving opinions on games. They're not really saying it's a pick. But hey, if they say I like an underdog to win, that means they're picking the game. And we don't follow that blindly, but it's good to consider these X's and O's guys, especially when they have a pick. Well, I just heard Clatt on Colin today. He's picking in this game Michigan to win. He likes Michigan to win. So undercover best bet from Clatt on Michigan. Leaner like yourself, yeah. Brad, at current numbers. Yeah, I like Michigan a lot in this game. And I know I saw that segment as well. And Colin giving Joel a lot of you know grief for an upset, sort of say. Hey, listen, give me a winner and I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you give me a one-point dog that wins, yeah. I'm dancing. Absolutely. So you agree? I agree. Like Michigan a lot in this game. Even at the current number, even though I got a much better number, I still We like heard Michigan. about your much better number. Like Michigan plus one. <laughs> and what what I see in this is a Michigan defense that's elite. It's right up there with Alabama and Clemson top defense in the country. Significant advantage over a Notre Dame offense. This is what Notre Dame has to replace this year. Their leading rusher, their top wide receiver, the two best offensive linemen in college football last year. They both went in the top 10 of the NFL draft. Notre Dame's best assistant coach, which was their offensive line coach. And Notre Dame has a quarterback in Brandon Wimbush that can't even complete 50% of his passes. If he can't do it last year against Miami, Ohio, against Wake Forest, he's not going to do it against arguably the best secondary in the country. I like the Wolverines plus the points. Obviously, they go in and win the game outright. So let's get this straight. Is you actually bet Michigan earlier, though, right? I did bet Michigan earlier. I don't mind telling you, I was wearing these $600 custom-made lizard shoes and this $13,000 Rolex when it happened. <laughs> so, is that true? Woo. <laughs> Leaner like Maddie. I, I like Michigan as well in this situation. So you like him, like borderline bat. I, I did bet Michigan as well. And I mean, we talked about it when we did the, the college football preview that that was one of my disagreements with Brad that actually had Michigan higher ranked. And, you know, a, a lot is made about Shea Patterson maybe being the best quarterback under the Jim Harbaugh era. But to me, it also goes back to the fact that they have Karan Higdon and Chris Evans who rushed for almost 2,800 yards combined last year and 27 touchdowns. This is a loaded backfield. It's a stout defense. It's a better offensive line protecting Patterson. This could very well 
that'll be Harbaugh's best team. And he, if he wants to pound the ball and give Patterson, you know, ease him into the system, he sure has two plow horses to do it. So best quarterback, potentially best team in the kingdom of the blind. The one-eyed man is king. Fazek. Elian Irish. <laughs> I'm, I'm frankly surprised at this line during the summer almost got to the point where I could have gotten Notre Dame plus three. I think these are two comparable programs. Maybe Michigan's just a twinge better, but I tell you, RJ, how many close games and big games does Michigan have to lose till it starts becoming an albatross over them? Here we go again. And I think this game is going to be close. I mean, this is the highest. I mean, if somehow, some way, Michigan, and we had, there was an expert we had from Clay Travis's show about a month ago that said he thinks Michigan loses four or five games this year. Yeah, Barrett Salee, well-known writer for CBS Sports. Now, you, as you said, Brad, they'd have to lose all the toss-up games. But this is a high state. I mean, if somehow they lose four games this year, I mean, there's trouble up north, right? Absolutely, and there should be. This is year four for Harbaugh, and I agree with, uh, you know, Matty Holt. Uh, if This should, on paper, be his best team, and if they're losing four or five games, then he should be on the hot seat entering. But what we're saying is there, there's pressure on this team, right? Yeah. And let's be candid. This goes back to Bill Snyder. I was lucky enough to know a couple of players and one very well that played for Snyder. The, Snyder's bowl game record, especially his first tenure at K-State, was not good. And ultimately, and I think it's the Bill Cower scenario, when a coach is so intense, perhaps so much, so engaged with every play and practice, those teams tend to not be flat when you think they may be flat, but they get tight in big games. You just got to wonder, this is a big game. This is going to set the season. I think Harbaugh's teams tend to get tight, especially kids, not NFL level guys. And despite the fact that these two teams took a little hiatus in this rivalry and haven't played since 2014, if you look since 2007, this has been a very home heavy series with the home team going seven and one against the spread since 2007. The only thing that scares me there is it's been so home heavy lately. Fez, your thoughts on the game? Like I said, I, I lean to the Irish. I'm against the experts here, and I think that— oh. And this is just a matter. You just think the market, like the home field, these are about even—it's as simple as these are about even teams considering home field. And considering Michigan always finds a way to lose these big, close games. All right, next game. WVU, West Virginia, Tennessee. Yeah, West, and keep in mind this game is played in Charlotte, North Carolina— West Virginia right now a 10-point favorite against Tennessee. Your total sits at 61.5. Lean or like? You know, I lean with West Virginia here. I just like what I see coming back from West Virginia. They're, they're one of the most improved teams in the country. We'll get to that list. Yeah, let's do, let, let's do this handicap, and then Michigan and West Virginia are on your list. Let's go over that right after. Yeah, and it starts at quarterback. I think West Virginia has the best you know, pure passing quarterback in the country and Will Greer, one of the best set of wide receivers to throw to. Tennessee... Uh, is a team with a new head coach in Jeremy Pruitt that this is a total rebuild job for Tennessee this year. Changing schemes on both sides of the ball. They don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback. They brought in a transfer, a cast-off from Stanford. West Virginia is just the more experienced team that's ready to go week one. Give me the Mountaineers as a lean minus 10. Yeah, I'll lean with the Mountaineers also. I think Tennessee, and this goes back to last year, they have that program name, and because of that, there's an added just adjustment to the point spread. Tennessee can't really be that bad, but they have been in recent times. 
I think Greer may go ahead and get Gary Jennings and David Sills both drafted because he's so good through for 3,500 yards last year while only playing a little over 10 games because of the injury to Greer. What's interesting about this game to me isn't necessarily just the game, but the amount of love and attention that Will Greer is suddenly getting in the Heisman Trophy market. You could have got him at 40 to 1 when we did our show here about a month ago. Suddenly 12, 15 to 1 on Will Greer. He's one of the bigger liabilities in the Heisman market to a lot of books right now. And Brad, you've talked a lot about Heisman bets. You had Lamar Jackson when he won it at a hundred to one. I was there when you gave it out. First radio appearance you ever did. What do you think about him for the Heisman? Uh, you know, I bit, bit off a little piece. Now one of my bigger Heisman bets. I, I like it, but also what, what number did you play at? Thirty to one. Okay, so at the current number, you don't like it at all. No, I don't. And keep in mind, the Heisman a lot has to do with you know how, how your team does win-loss record. And right now, season win total for West Virginia is seven. I can tell you right now, I don't care how many touchdown passes Will Greer throws for. If West Virginia is seven and five, Will Greer is not winning the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Correlated, if you like, over and his Heisman bat. Yes. But those bad bookies wouldn't let you do it. I mean, if there was <laughs> any correlation, they wouldn't even start yeah. to think of it. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a little test. I am like borderline shaking from not eating, now, which is a shock. And talk about an upset. So, Brad, I'm letting you take the host role for about six minutes, four minutes. I'm going to go get in the new green room at the new offices, get a bar, drink a little water, freshen up, be back in four. But we're going to get a little flavor of what it would be like without RJ. If RJ just said, I'm sick of all this, I'm out of here. And then Brad and Fez show up trying to like figure out how to turn the mixer on. I mean, that, that would be an interesting reality show. But we're just going to do like four minutes. Take it, Brad. All right, we got my lean on the game. No, West- no, horrible, horrible. Oh, wait, no, go ahead. We got my lean on the game, West Virginia. Maddie, your lean on the game. Yeah, probably West Virginia. I mean, it's it's one of those situations. You know, the big surprise here is that these two teams, despite being less than 400 miles apart, have never played each other. This is the first ever matchup between these two teams. I actually found that amazing when I saw it, that because their geographical location, they actually hadn't played each other before. I just think there's too many different things going on. Switching to that 3-4 defense is probably going to leave that Tennessee defensive line really vulnerable to both the run and the pass here. Too many weapons for Greer. It's hard not to lay the 10 here. Yeah, and also West Virginia, if there's going to be a showcase for Will Greer early on in the season to get that love, I mean, if they're going to tack on an extra touchdown, I think that's more likely not. Fez, you've been disagreeing with me all podcast. What's your laner like in this game? No, I lean with West Virginia. Just like I said, Tennessee, a program that has just been overrated for the past few years. All right. That's it? That's it. All right. Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for that one. Moving along, hopefully you got a little bit more on this matchup, Fez. How, arguably, you know, between this game and the Notre Dame-Michigan game, two biggest games of the weekend, Washington taking on Auburn. This game played in Atlanta, Georgia. And right off the top, I'm going to say this is Auburn's third straight game played in this stadium in Atlanta, the new home for the Atlanta Falcons. Right now, Auburn, a two-point favorite. Your total sits at 48 and a half. Instead of giving my opinion first, I'm going to start it off with you, Fez. Lean or liking this game? Hold on, hold on. I'm back for a minute. All right. First off, <laughs> I'm surprised Mackie wasn't sitting in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> like, couldn't you see him here, like, ready to take over? 
I think you guys, and I thought that's what I said. I think you guys should go into your top 10 um, most oh, improved. Fair enough. That way it can be more yeah. conversational on those. And then we'll, you know, so sound good? Yes, it does. Right, I'm good. back to the green room. All right. Fair enough. Swerve here. Top 10 <laughs> most improved teams. I, I'm not, I'm going to go, you know, pretty fast paced here between uh, and most improved teams. This is not necessarily win loss record. And I think a lot of people got it confused when I tweeted this out. You can follow me on Twitter at Brad Power 7. My most improved team, as far as my power ranks, from the end of last season, when the teams finished up their season in 2017, Ball State, believe it or not, is the only team in the country I think is actually 10 points better than what they were a year ago. So on a neutral right now, I would favor Ball State by double digits over last year's team. Followed by Florida. I got them about nine points better. Michigan also about nine points better. West Virginia, the team we just talked about in the Tennessee game, I think the Mountaineers from the end of last season are about eight points better than they were a year ago. Nebraska is next. They're also right in the mix there. First year under Scott Frost. BYU off a terrible season a year ago. It's about a touchdown better than they were a year ago. Kansas, again, this is improvement in a power rating. I'm not saying Kansas is a team that goes from one win to five wins, but Kansas about a touchdown better than a year ago. If I was taking a team that's going to improve the most in a win-loss, it'd be Baylor. I only have them about six points better than they were a year ago, but I have Baylor going from 1-11 and 11 to right around 6-6, six and six, a five-win improvement. And then finishing up, Georgia Southern out of the Sun Belt, about you know six points better, and then Michigan State out of the Big Ten, six points better. Guys, any team stand out to you, you agree with, disagree with? I'll start off with you, Fez. The one that stood out was Kansas. I know that they were horrendous last year. Can they really be a touchdown better and why i think they can be a touchdown better and keep in mind even though i have kansas a touchdown better than what they were a year ago and you compute that power rating into a win loss given you know a win percentage for each of their games i still only have kansas's season win total right around two and a half which is what it is in the marketplace and if they don't get you know three wins in their first three games those are the easiest uh, you're not going to be cashing a season win total because still, even with that improvement, I think Kansas is a double-digit underdog in every single Big 12 game this year. Uh, the one that stands out to me, too, is Michigan State. That's one that I thought you know certainly was ready for the bounce back. And we saw a little glimpse of it last year in a couple of situations, including against the Michigan Wolverines, whereas, what, a 20-point underdog. They went on the road to Ann Arbor and beat Michigan. So this is a team we know they have the coaching. We know they had the pedigree. They had suspensions. They had infighting. They had all, you know, they had uh, somewhat of a rebuilding season anyway last year. All signs point toward a big positive change for Michigan State. So that would probably be my biggest agreement on the list by far. Yeah, and Michigan State's the most experienced team in the country as far as Power 5 goes. 19 returning starters. And even though, guys, I'm going to put this out here, and again, I put up in the pregame.com forums my season win total projections for every team. Even though I have Michigan State, one of the most improved teams as far as a power rating goes, I still only got them at right, right around nine and three this year. And keep in mind, this is a team in the regular season a year ago that went nine and three. That schedule for Michigan State, it's easier than most as far as the Big Ten East because they host Ohio State, host Michigan. But right now, 
in the marketplace, Sparty's still an underdog, home underdog in both of those games. Yeah, absolutely. The one I probably disagree with a little bit is the Nebraska Cornhuskers here. I just feel like Scott Frost getting a little bit too much love. We all know new coaches struggle sometimes coming into programs. And if you said, hey, Nebraska at the beginning of last year compared to Nebraska now, your power rating probably wouldn't be that much different. But after the disappointing loss to Northern Illinois and some of those terrible losses that Nebraska had, Northern Illinois at home, home uh, I think all right at the end of the year that Nebraska team was so bad lame duck coach maybe that team compared to them right now because there's some new excitement I could see it but in reality as far as the actual talent of the team on the field then compared to now I'm not sure they're that much better I'm glad you brought them up because Nebraska even though they're the one of my most improved teams as far as a power rating my favorite season win total still left on the board I just bet it yesterday because I found a seven and a half is Nebraska under seven and a half wins. They're getting way too much love, even though I think they're much improved. Way too much love in the marketplace right now. Everyone loving Scott Frost betting over their season win total. I do not see eight and four. I do not see myself losing that ticket. Two quick thoughts. <laughs> I just welcome back. I just downed eleven hundred calories in four minutes. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I'm guessing. Just. <laughs> Number two, I wasn't even out of the room. You're already touting your Twitter account. I mean, it was like literally I didn't get out of the room. (laughs) All right. I can't. I can't. I can't die now for a while. So (laughs) we now know. No. Great conversation. And and I think the point you made at the end, Brad, being improved, it's all in Vegas. It's all about market pricing. Like the best team, like Maddie could say, Patriots are clearly the best team. They can still be underrated. You can say they're the best team, but they're not. They're better than people think. Or the worst team can be overrated. Like the Browns last year, I think they were overrated. So it's all about pricing. Anything else you want to do on the top 10? Nope. And that was on your Twitter, right? It was. (laughs) Speaking (laughs) of Twitter, Maddie Holt. You have, uh, do you still have, you have your old account and one more? What's going on with that? Uh, I, I still have my old account. We have a company account at US Integrity and I still have at Matthew Holt VP, which seems less uh, prevalent these days. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. So next game is Washington-Auburn, right? Yeah. All right, so we've got Dave Esler. He has five bullet points on this game. He does it like in 90 seconds, but some real interesting insight. So let's start and build from there. Another thing I wanted to talk about today, I call them essential elements of handicapping. You know, RJ put it, non-obvious factors, the factors that aren't built into a point spread. Uh, you know, the game's not played on an Xbox. What I'll do here is I'll, let's look at the Auburn-Washington game. Number one, the game's in Atlanta. Semi-obvious. It's 100 miles from Jordan-Hare and a five-hour plane ride from Seattle. Fans, Auburn. The game's indoors and on turf. Who should that benefit? Auburn. Why? It accentuates their speed. Auburn, we already know, plays fast. They run 75 offensive plays a game to Washington 64. Three, Auburn is deeper. We call the SEC biased, but the elite teams in the SEC are just deeper. And they've had a better recruiting class the last two years than Washington. So yada, yada, yada. 
four. Washington has a great defense. Auburn plays Alabama and LSU every year. Washington doesn't see a team like Auburn, maybe Oregon, but Oregon killed them 13 years in a row. Experience, Stidham, and this surprised me, 105 attempts, six touchdowns, no picks against AP-ranked teams. Browning, great stats. Last year, 17 attempts against AP-ranked teams, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Things that aren't built into the line. Okay, Brad, what of his points do you agree with most? Which one do you disagree with most? Well, I agree agree with most as far as the venue here for Auburn, being close to campus and the fact uh, Dave didn't bring this up, but this is Auburn's third straight game in this venue. So when I was power right in the game, this is one of the biggest you know neutral site uh, advantages I gave any team. I gave Auburn two points: fan advantage, use to the facility, Washington significant travel, four or five hour uh, plane ride instead of a, just a bus trip. So you're saying literally it was what the SEC champ? How did it go that they play? Yeah, SEC championship game against Georgia, a game Auburn got beat by three touchdowns. One of your biggest bets. True, I will give true. you a lot of pub on that one. <laughs> Great bet on Georgia there. And then the Peach Bowl game against Central Florida also played here. Another game, Auburn, you know, failed to cover the spread by 17 points. So while they do have experience in this building, hasn't been a good look the last two games. Well, I do appreciate that because I really did like that game. But here's the thing. Do you know how some people get premonitions? I'm one of them. Just sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, any other thoughts on Esler? Any agreements that or agree, disagreements for Maddie or Fez? I, I tend to agree with the travel here only for this situation. Washington rarely travels very far early in the season. They tend to stay home. They tend to play soft. Five games in the last 15 years, they traveled east to the Mississippi in the non-conference. One, three, and one against the spread. Hasn't been good for the Huskies when they tend to travel out uh, east of the Mississippi in the non-conference. Now, wouldn't that, though, in your opinion, be less applicable the first game of the year? And we talked about this a little with Hawaii where if you don't have to play before, you can leave a day early. You can, yeah, it's, it, it just feels like whatever the strains of travel are, that being the first game of a college football year decreases those. Do we agree with that generally? Yes. Generally, I agree with it, but there is a precedent here. Last year, Washington, as Maddie mentioned, almost never goes east of the Rockies. Well, they had one game the last three years east of the Rockies. They went to horrible Rutgers week one last year. That game was open at minus 31 for Washington. Well, RJ, you don't cover 31 points when you don't score 31 points. 30 to 14, never had a chance, a dud effort from Washington. Jonas Knox is a Fox Radio host, uh, and he was co-hosting with us last week. And, well, more announcing. He was announcing the action. But he made an interesting point. And, you know, I, I guess the way I'd say it is this. Jonas was trying to be the Joe, the regular batter. And let me play devil's advocate. Wait a minute, Fezzik, he won the Super Contest twice? Okay, great. He's talking about one game? One. I, I always heard that one game doesn't matter and that anyone that says one game trends are a fool. So how do you balance some idea that you? it seems like you're pounding your fist with joy in your voice and it's about one game? Let me talk about another game. About two. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, so you're admitting that the point you made is is not necessarily good because you have to add more to it. I, I think how it do was you, good. How do you think about 
So explain that is what I'm asking. I think that, like you mentioned, we get our edges by identifying where the marketplace doesn't make of enough of an adjustment. Brad just mentioned, oh, two-point adjustment for home field. I think that's woefully inadequate. But I'm not hearing anything about how somehow one game that Washington played is somehow super meaningful. Well, I'm asking that specific question. Okay, maybe that... Maybe I'm overstating how meaningful that was because it was such a dud effort from them. And and that's the point I thought you were going to get to, which is if the net margin, uh, it's one thing to be one to no ATS, but if you uh, fall short of the spread by 30 points. Uh, so what was the spread? What was the score? The spread was 30 and they won by 16, but they never. So there was only a net 14. Yeah, but they were never sniffing any kind of chance for a cover and how motivated are you gonna be traveling across the country playing woeful rutgers i gotta tell you auburn gets me excited the spring practice you know fall you know summer workouts fall camp playing auburn an opener one of the biggest you know week one games i I don't i'd be stunned if washington had a dud effort as far as emotion goes in this game my biggest problem here is the offense versus defensive matchup. Look, I love Jake Browning. I remember Jake Browning two years ago, but the Washington Huskies had a number 67 ranked passing offense last year with Jake Browning playing every single game. Their wide receivers are ranked eighth in the Pac-12 this year, and they just lost two more tight ends to injury. Yes, they do get Chico. Mc- so this year's rankings come from what? F- from like, you know, the consensus. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. And they're ranked eighth, their wide receiver slash tight ends in the Pac-12. They're not any better at those positions. When he was at his best two years ago, looking back, all of a sudden, you could say it was because they had Ross and and the other speed receiver that they don't have anymore. I mean, I like Miles Gaskin in the backfield, but when I start breaking down the numbers here, I really ended up on the side of the Auburn Tigers. Washington's coach, let's go around the horn. Where does he rank in the country? A top 20 for me. Top 20. Yeah. Top five. Top five. That's what I was going to say. So do you, do you, I think that's consensus, wouldn't you say, Brad? Yeah, I think Peterson almost consensus, top five coach in the country. So do you think you're just, you just thought I too just quick? I just said man? 20. Yeah, just yeah. I meant just like clearly he's in good, the top clearly 20. Good. Yeah. Okay. So it strikes me. I don't know if he's in the top five, but he's clearly in the top 10. He's very good, very highly renowned. Did an amazing job at Boise State, turned around Washington. It just seems like this idea of the travel, like in bowl games, this feel, these week one big games feel like bowl games to me. And do we ever hear about travel in a bowl game? But sometimes it's about patterns. Why don't they ever leave Washington early in the year? And when they have, they didn't perform well. One Three and one against the spread. Last five times they traveled east of the Mississippi. And how far does that go back? I think it's like seven years. Okay. Only five games because they don't do it. You know, Peterson and Boise with an incredibly good Boise team like 15 years ago, 12 years ago, went to Georgia week one. And that was a competitive spread. I think it was six. And Georgia annihilated them. Yeah, but that feels like almost like back the I'll, I'll never forget when Houston was running and shooting and it was the you know the first big division 1 team to do that i get you know i guess in the past there was different offenses that would do that miles davis or whatever but it was like a new thing and then it was against miami and i remember it was like a thursday night game it's like what's miami going to do and miami just rushed three right but there were three they they were double teaming them they still couldn't block them was that just boise was uh, mispriced because they were beating up on you know, the uh, Utah States of the world. And 
or was it the situation? That's the, I mean, how much of it in the case you're bringing up was the situation and how much of it was just Peterson was such a great coach. He made that paper tiger look like a real team, but against a team like Georgia or whatever they could, he couldn't fake it. Well, I think it was the situation because when they faced top teams and other um, games during that era, they absolutely did well. That, that was the only time I remember Boise just getting run out by anybody. Uh, before I get beat up on Twitter, uh, t- t- Chris Peterson wasn't a coach. So there's was Dan Hawkins at the coach at the time. Chris Peterson did play Georgia in the Georgia Dome with Kellen Moore starting quarterback and beat Georgia 35 to 21 in a season opener. I want to say 2010, 2011. So I just before we get killed on Twitter. Well, no, I mean, that, listen, you can't talk for hours and hours and not make mistakes. Yep. The beauty is in real time, we're trying to figure this yep. stuff out. So and that's that's the thing. People think that professional handicappers are magicians. No, it's, they're just spending a lot of time. They're very talented and they're spending a lot of time on it. Fez is NFL first. He does amazingly well in college, even so, but Brad, this is your specialty. Thank you. Yeah. And let me get props. Fezzik's record last year in college, far superior to mine. <laughs> it shows, ran, it shows randomness, yes. right? So. Uh, he still kicked my kick my teeth and it all hey when it comes down to it it all that matters is the bottom line so props to you Fest. I do want to talk about the two point home field advantage because RJ I think it's worth one just the fact that Auburn's played their last two games in this venue and I'll give them one for an obvious crowd advantage so that's two points right there without even factoring in all that travel for Washington yes so can we handicap the can we can you bet this game without deciding how big of a disadvantage? It seems like the big question here. I think you can break it down from a pure X's and O's standpoint. Look, everyone makes such a big deal out of Washington's, uh, you know, a defensive backfield this year. Maybe one of the top three defensive backfields in the entire country. Auburn's going to run the football. Can they stop the run? We we saw this team, this Washington defense, struggle against power running teams. We all remember what happened. I granted it was Alabama and not Auburn, but Alabama smashed this team when the, the one year Washington made the playoffs. This Washington team hasn't been great against the run. They will be good against those aerial attacks in the Pac-12. I don't know that their defensive strengths are suited, are best suited for this game. I I tend to lean Auburn here. Is there a correlated parlay here? Do we look at Auburn in the under? The problem is I do a final predicted score according to my power ratings, and mine was like 28-24 Auburn, and the total's down to 48 from 51.5 as an opener, so the total's so low, I don't know that you can play under anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, interesting stuff. Brad, you actually have a ticket on Washington to win the title at what forty? Am I remember forty to one? Yeah, so and they're like fifteen to one right now. Yeah, there. <laughs> but the fact, hey, you should have been listening all spring. Next spring, guys, make sure you listen. The uh, but but in a weird way, this game. I mean, you can't question Washington's motivation, right? Because the theory is they win this game, they probably can lose one more. And still make the playoffs. Yeah, and right? I mean, after this game, uh, win or lose, I still think Washington, unless they have an absolute dud, going to be favored in their remaining eleven games. Is that yeah? Okay, interesting. Yep. All right, next game we've got oh the Ohio State Buckeyes, Oregon State, big favorite. Give us the numbers. Yeah, Buckeyes up to a thirty-eight and a half point favorite against Oregon State, hosting the Beavers. So total st- sixty-four. Let's start. What hey what were the line moves during the Urban Meyer saga? 
Oregon State, before the Urban Meyer news, was, or I should say Ohio State, a 38-point favorite. Pretty much most of the summer, 38-point favorite. Urban Meyer news breaks. Within 24 hours, Ohio State's down to a 35-and-a-half-point favorite. Now Ohio State laying more without Urban Meyer than what they were prior to the news. Which makes sense to me, and I've been saying this all over. It strikes me that it's like playing your, let's say your mid forties in decent shape and you're playing your nine year old nephew at basketball, but you're wearing flip flops and he's wearing his Jordans. Well, you might say, well, let's handicap this flip flops are negative. That's a, no, no, no. You, you, if you're so much better, any of these factors, you can just brush off and focus. Cause really the spread is not based upon how much Ohio state. I mean, that's an interesting question. If you t- told Ohio State they would make a million dollars for every point that they beat Ugh. Oregon State by, and and it was a normal week and they wanted to run it up, I, I'm th- I mean I'm being honest. What 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 would you think the margin would be? What's what's your 52. spread? Sixty two. All right, sixty two. All right, so it's somewhere above fifty. So now it's about what is the Ohio State motivation? Just like how motivated are you against your nephew? Well, I want to win. I want to win by a few points. But I don't want to crush them, right? So, though, I was back home and playing a little bocce at the Sons of Italy, and it was me and my nephew against two two other people, and uh, and there was one kid and one adult, and we crushed them. And, like, I, we won, like, nine straight, and then we lost one, and I was very upset. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, maybe I would want to crush the nephew anyway, but... But the fact is, you can will yourself to forget about the sandals because you're so much better. I think Ohio State's so much better. They want to make a statement that this Urban Meyer thing isn't getting in the way of this season. I think that's why the spread's going up. Brad, thoughts? Yeah, totally agree with it. Lean with the Buckeyes here for that reason. I think it's the Ohio State team, at least from the players' perspective, itching to get at least move on beyond all the distractions, get on the field, and to put in perspective how bad Oregon State is. Oregon State, not Kansas in my power ranks, the worst power five team in the country this year. I'd favor Kansas by about a point over this terrible Oregon State team. Uh, and and the, the problem here might be, look, Haskins doesn't have to throw a pass in the second half between J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber. If they start running the ball, 53% of the time Oregon State failed to get off the field last year on third downs. Wow. That was the worst in the entire country by a full percentage and a half. It wasn't even close. They might not be able to get off the field, even if Ohio State's just trying to run the football in the second half. The Beavers might not be able to get off the field anyway. What you might look toward is under because if Ohio State's running the football and Oregon State can't get off the field, some of those drives might eat up a lot of clock. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking first half because I think this is a high and if they're up 42 to 10, I don't think there's any sense of let's score another 20. I mean, what's like the first quarter? Can you get a first quarter? Like, is it widely available for something like this? I haven't even seen first half line, so certainly not first quarters. But a 38-point favorite, you're probably looking at minus 24 first half for the Buckeyes. But one reason I like that, RJ, 9 a.m. Pacific start Ah. time. So the Beavers may well be needing in need of some coffee during what should be an ugly first quarter. I mean, it does feel like that the energy is going to be there for Ohio State a lot more early in the game 
than it would be typically as a 30 plus point favorite. The question is how to get at it. You add in that now everyone obviously knows that it's a West Coast team playing at noon Eastern. But considering that with the idea of energy plus early start, look to play first quarter or first half. Well, and we got to attempt to parlay Ohio State first half to first half over because I am the dirtiest guy in the game. <laughs> I will say this, though. As Brad said, he had Oregon State as the worst power rank team in the Power Five. I do think bringing in the former offensive coordinator from Washington and his familiarity with the Pac-12, as well as some of the guys they recruited, I think they'll, they're will they actually going to cover some spreads, maybe not win games once they get into conference play, just because of his familiarity with Pac-12 defenses. So if the Buckeyes crush him, we might get more value. Sure. Oh, it's all coming together. Yeah, and I do like Jonathan Smith as the, as the head coach, former Oregon State quarterback. I like that a lot. So, Fez, real quick, obviously with favorites, there's correlations to the over because the more points that are being scored in general, the better chance a big favorite's going to cover. How do the books, and Maddie, maybe you can speak to this uh, from your perspective and Fez from yours. I know they're cognizant of what, what the three-to-one rule or whatever when it comes to the whole game. Are they sharp? Are some of the books, are all of them watching close enough on the correlations with first halves? Or can you pick them off? You can pick off an occasional one. And just to clarify that three to one rule, like you mentioned, so if a first half spread was minus 10 and the total was 31, you could parlay a minus 10 to an over 31, but not a minus 10 to an over 29. Okay. So if it's really close to the three to one, it's borderline. They're going to say no. The next increment that you can play that they say the first increment that you, you they would say yes to in theory offers some value but also in theory probably isn't something you want to play blind because they're offering it to you for a reason right is those bookies are bad they're not going to give it to you if you think there's value how, how did you guys back in your behind the counter days maddie how close because you had a lot of sharps at cg how closely were you worried about the correlations? Look, if you walk up to the counter and try to bet a $50 correlated parlay over the counter, you're going to get it in every single time. If you're Fez and you try to get a $1,500 correlated parlay in <laughs> on account, you're going to get rejected every single time. I mean, some of it is who's betting it, when they're betting it, how they're betting it, for how much. So what you're implying is Fez is greedy. Yes, because I, I that's the same thing I heard. There was another bookmaker that used to work for me for a while, and he was talking about how Fezzik would show up with like six thousand dollars of parlay cards and that the guy wanted to give him action. But it, um, but but somehow you wouldn't just accept, a you know, like just friendly, like, hey, take a bite with this positive EV play and move on. Instead, he was having his wife or you know his friends put pieces in. I mean, is that fair to say, Fez? I wore a cowboy hat and cowboy boots during the rodeo to fit in. I'm the dirtiest player in the game. I'll be honest. I would pay probably a couple hundred to see that picture. Yeah. Is that true? True. You can ask Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but But cowboys don't have pompadours. I don't even know what up. That's. <laughs> uh, I guess they don't. 
You know, Maddie, it's interesting now that you're not behind the counter. Fez, does he even talk to you? Because very rarely. Yeah, we, <laughs> he just asked me for my number again. <laughs> yeah, it was like I think I've lost because every show last year he was trying to hassle you to take more act. Like, hey, can you tell this guy I shouldn't be on this list because I want to bet this before six a.m. or whatever? And you'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's like nothing. Like, what, what, what do you do again? You know, like, what's your name? <laughs> And you sneak in the correlated parlays, RJ, with a three-team parlay. You don't make it so obvious. So you say, uh. I'll take Ohio State minus 24, and I'll go ahead and take the Florida Marlins, and I'll, I'll take the first half over in the Oregon State game. Uh. You give a different team. Wow. <laughs> See, you look younger. Matt, you actually look younger than you did a year ago. I feel younger. I don't have any of those dresses because I had about 15 fezes Let me get this in. And what do you mean? I can only bet a nickel on this correlated WNBA second half parlay. And I'm like, oh my God. But listen, they might have been similar to Fez. They weren't Fez. No, they weren't Fez. But... <laughs> By the way, speaking of that, there was an award ceremony given rings. For the Super Contest winners. And Fezzik, obviously the only guy to get two. He shows up for straight out of Vegas that night. And he's got his rings out. He's like banging them against the mic live. Like the talk. I mean, it was. I mean, Brad, you were here. He was obsessed with those rings. I mean, it's a hell of an honor. Did you get two rings? Well, yeah, I won it okay. twice. Yeah, this oh, you, you didn't know he won it twice? Yeah, I do. I finished second. And the, the, his second year winning, I finished second. I... I didn't want to see Fez for a while after that. I lost. In all the five boroughs, I'm known. I'm known all over the world. (laughs) Miracle push by the Tennessee Titans minus four. Yeah. But here's what's interesting. And I'm just going to, you know how sometimes on Twitter people will say presented without editorial comment is in 2004. I was the, I guess, I don't know how you describe it. The coordinator of a team. It was some forum posters and some prior people from pregame. And my right-hand man, Mark, who's had a customer service at pregame was the one who put in, he was the name on the account um, or the entry and we won. Right. So about three months ago, I put out, I found a copy of the old check in my records. You know, it was whatever, a couple, you know, over a hundred thousand. I think it was only like 130 or whatever, or was it three thirty? I can't remember. But, um, no, because in 2009, when Fez won, I got second, and we only got like 72 or 75,000 okay, okay. for second. Okay, so so this was the win, though, right? We won in 2004. So I had Mark reach out to the uh, <laughs> Super Contest guys and say, hey, how do I get my ring? And they go, oh, last year's 2005. Whoa. That's interesting. I mean, just I guess it's just by coincidence, right? 2005. Hmm. And we won in 2004. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm RJ Bow, pregame.com. Those bookies are bad, man. Because <laughs> you know what's funny? And I'll make this quick. When someone isn't questioned, they hate if they get quiet. I mean, these bookies have bought people off with bologna sandwiches. Literally. It was like, hey, we'll give you this little um wrist thing that's yellow and you can eat at the ta- the, the complimentary table you go over there's like wonder bread and bo- <laughs> I'm serious and bologna sandwiches and the bologna's like room temperature and 
And somehow, like, they don't want, I mean, there's writer after writer. I mean, for big organizations, the de- <laughs> Brad, you're, you're laughing so hard, but you're, like, trying not to laugh. Like, just embrace it. <laughs> Room temperature bologna sandwiches. And they so don't want to be out of favor that they won't say a bad word. And, I mean, you benefited from that, Matt, you know, being on the other side of the counter. So... I mean, it's business and I get it. If I were you guys, you know, back when you were behind the counter, I would like the same thing. Buy them off with baloney. I get it. <laughs> but the idea that, 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 that the media in this business is so pathetic that, that you can be bought with baloney, <laughs> that is the, that's the story. I don't blame these bookies. I blame the media for letting the bookies do it. And then one person, and listen, if you follow me on Twitter, I would say I'm critical of a sports book less than 10 times a year. I It's not like I'm trying to find things to be critical of. But even that, 10 times a year, they're just so mad. Like I'll, I would have said something three years ago about something they did I thought was wrong. And I'd ask for a favor. And they're like, oh, no, remember when you said this about this? Like they have such a memory because no one goes against them. What do you think of that, Feth? I just ate at the M and the Wind buffets, and they were really good. And, and you got comped? Yes. But was that a comp out of because they're just counting up how much you're betting and you're getting it automatically? Or they're saying, oh, here's Fezzik, we're going to give him a comp? It's discretionary. So they're buying you with lamb shank. Correct. I mean, that, I mean, that's a little better. That's a little better. It's really good lamb shank. <laughs> peace and love. Peace and love. Well, listen. <laughs> I listen, I guess I'll, I guess I'll be the advocate, right? Because Fez, you, you're conflicted too, because you want to get your bets down, right? But let, let's be honest. You've tried to be really nice to these bad bookies that for them, that's just weakness. You got to make them scared of you. That's the thing. And to me, when, when, when they sense weakness, they're like, Oh, that dude's like everyone else. But if they, like when I stand up to them, I, I think that's what they're scared of. Because- and you're, you're right. You pick your spots. You, you mentioned less than 10 times per year. I would put the over under at right about seven and a half. And I think every single time it's justified. Well, yeah. I mean, why would I do it? Right. I don't have, like, I don't want to like, what's the point? Right. I mean, and obviously my opinion can be wrong sometimes, but we were talking about the South point earlier. It's a good example is when they had the, you know, when we were breaking the stories about the uh, let it ride batter, and where they had a strat, like an 80 cent strat or whatever. And again, go look at the tweet, but it was like minus 175 plus 115 or whatever, you know, so I guess 60 cents. It's like, it's a 60 cent straddle, whatever rationale you want to give. Let's at least have a conversation about I mean, Maybe you can make a case that it's valid. I don't think you can, but maybe you can. But the idea that don't question me, the act of questioning that causes like where they had like their little homemade radio station or whatever down there. And they're like saying, you know, to their 30 listeners or whatever, they're saying like, Oh, RJ Bell is bad. Why? Because he's questioning a 60 cent straddle. Maybe you guys should be asking yourself why you're not questioning broadcasting from the floor and eating their baloney. Wow. <laughs> All right. Next game. <laughs> Look at Matt. He's not saying a word. Peace of love. <laughs> Peace of love. <laughs> I can tell you there's some tough days on the other side of the counter because these things aren't 
run by I could tell you that the casinos aren't run by sports betting people they're run by bankers and you know it's tough they at the end of the day try to explain to a banker who has knows nothing about your business why you continue to allow a player who only plays advantage plays when he finds them why you continue to allow him to do it well we've been debating this for about 6 months is it's my theory that as the uh, recreational betting market increases that they're going to have less tolerance for the sharps. And Fezzik was like, Oh no, they will just, uh, you know, be like a drop in the ocean now. It's like, no, I disagree. Yeah. Go ahead. What's your general take? Not about any particular book, but three years from now, how for a guy like Fezzik, a guy like Brad, is it going to be easier or harder to get off or to get off his pieces? Well, if you're staying here in Nevada, it's going to be even harder because some of that handle that used to come here to Nevada is now just going to stay home. No one's coming from New Jersey to bet March Madness here. They're going to stay home in New Jersey and bet March Madness there. So you're you're not actually going to have more you know, square action here. It's just you're going to have more general public action across the entire country. So you live here. You're known here. There's less public action here. And the simple fact is they don't need your business anymore. You know, casinos. That was my thought. Yeah. Casinos as a whole were willing to say, okay, we don't want to make any customer mad. We try to accommodate everyone. But if you're never going to come in and play a $50 five team or ever, why do I have to give you the $500 two team advantage parlay every single time? I got people lining up. So, Fez, you've been an optimist about your financial situation per usual. Is <laughs> As you've seen things fall out, just the beginnings... What are you saying? Well, I'm certainly not seeing a liberalization of my business being welcomed. Well, it sounds like he actually had that prepared. That was pretty good. He's not that articulate typically. But let's give some credit. I haven't read the article yet. I plan to. ESPN did do a critical article on William Hill, right? Am I uh, within the last 10 days or so? They did. Yeah. Yeah. I just think so. Finally, at least the conversation is starting. Here's my last point or one and last point about this. I have zero problem, and, and I've said this before, and I think it's going to happen. I think you're going to see states that are minus 130, minus 130. And they're going to look at it and go, what's that, 15 cents? Or 15%, I'm sorry? Well, the lottery's 50. We're giving them a 67% discount. I mean, and you know something? I got no problem with it. I don't. Just say it. Don't act like it's good. Though. Say, hey, this is how we think we can do business. At minus 125 each way, we couldn't do business, in our opinion, or wouldn't it be worth it? Hey, come back here or not. I got no problem if they don't let Fezzik within a 1,000 feet of a place. Just be honest about it. Say with your 60-cent straddle, listen, this guy's, uh, we don't want to take big $100,000 bets. We're going to charge him a triple premium to do it, and we don't want any sharp coming in on the other side. And, hey, it is what it is. I wish we could do otherwise, but we're not. Deal with it. I would say, hey, you're being honest. It's the idea, let's hide this or let's rationalize that it's the only way to do it. That's the BS. I, I think every book has a right to run it the way they want. Sure. It's just, you know, be honest. And I get it. If no one's going to hold them accountable, why would they be? But boy, why be so mad that someone is like occasionally asking a question? I do think, though, and, and I like Fez, and, and him and I get along, and we tried to accommodate him at CG. I mean, let's face it, we did. Yeah, uh, but, you know, it's like being, having a girlfriend that, like, you can 
buy her 50 birthday presents and she's complaining about the 51st. Fezzik's like a black hole that you keep doing him favors and he's just going to gobble it up and ask for the next one. Well, you know, CG actually did a clever thing with me. Is What they did is I'll ask for a bet that they really don't want, but instead of denying it, they'll just counter offer always and they'll come back and say, would you like it for this amount, which was much smaller. So that was a very gentleman way of saying, basically, you can keep betting here, but if you think it's worth your time to play these $200 bets in the WNBA or $100 bets, you go right ahead. All right. Well, we've had our saying, like we said, we like to get off on a few tangents. That's what's nice about a podcast. So let's see here, Brad. We've got, oh, look, this segues into the best bet of Maddie Holt, right? Is you've got your best bet on Mississippi, Texas Tech. So let's do this. Let's talk a little bit of NFL. And Fez, you're going to be the star here. And uh, some real actionable week four stuff. But since we've gone a little long, Fez, why don't you kind of deliver it presentation style? And we'll go back and forth a little, but not too much. Week four preseason, renowned as the toughest. Phil Steele, for many years, was excellent in the preseason. I mean, this is going back about 10 years, but we were, we've done a lot of analysis. Or back then, we did analysis on when he was winning, and it was all the profit was week one, two, and three, week zero, two. But week four is just so tough. But you found something. Yeah, so week four sides, very, very difficult. But totals in recent history, we have seen a strong trend towards unders. In 2015, nine out of 16 games went under. Nothing significant. 2016, 10 out of 15 games. I think there was a hurricane. So 15 games, 10 went under. Now we're at 67%. Last year, RJ, 2017, 12 unders, three overs. And the more I think about this, the more I think it fits with the theme that I'm seeing with more and more coaches saying, you know what? Preseason's too long. We should question whether we're even going to have four games. This becomes a complete mail-in game when so many starting quarterbacks used to go out there and play a series and look good, and now they don't play at all. And the second halves become not just exhibitions, but just keep the clock running. I think this is actionable. If you're going to look to play totals, in this day and age, I would only look towards unders. How's the week four totals in the marketplace look relative to that? I mean, do you get a sense that this narrative's catching on and the totals are dropping? Well, they're certainly lower than any other than weeks two and three, but they're comparable to what they were last year. So I don't think there's been enough of an adjustment. And there is one game in particular I want to talk about, the lowest total on the board. And that game is Indianapolis, Cincinnati, totals 34. The reason I bring it up is these two teams play again the following week. And remember what we saw when the Rams were playing Oakland and they completely mailed in that game, didn't play any of their stars, showed nothing. That game went way under. So you have a similar situation where... I would certainly look to go under that 34. Isn't it amazing the totals? I, I was talking about totals in the NFL week four preseason with someone the other day as well. And what I thought was an interesting point is every single game falls within a variation of the lowest at 34 and a half, the game you just said, and the highest at 38. I mean, all everybody plays, yet all the games fall within that three and a half point uh, actual variance. It's amazing. And what happens, which makes me feel like, sorry to interrupt, that they're just kind of applying guesses to it, good guesses, but the nuance is being lost. And when they tried to make tweaks for high-scoring teams, like the Saints are playing, and they opened that at 38, mistake, boom, blink, it's down to 36. Basically, the marketplace, I think, correctly is saying, hey, week four preseason, we're going to get so many scrub quarterbacks and so much vanilla, you got to set all these totals below 37. 
So fast. I mean, as someone that listens to you like a batter, like, you know, I, I got into this because I was back in Ohio in the late 80s as a teenager and early 90s. I was calling score phones, getting analysis. I mean, watching Proline. Like when I was 15, I had a Proline t-shirt, that old Mike Warren show, I swear to God. And I would always listen. And, and most of the time, it didn't make a ton of sense. And when it would, I'd be like, oh. And then I started listening to the Stardust line on stream in 95, and uh, which that made a ton of sense to me. Uh, and again, Malinsky was great at that. Is when I hear you say, well, we've got a history here that's way under week four. I don't play anything blind like that. So I'm not going to bet them all. But here we got a situation where they're playing each other next week, which means they're not going to give anything away where, hey, they have a whatever kind of complexity they're going to wait to spring it. Not that week four is going to have a ton of complexity schematically anyway, but this is going to have none. Wow. It just feels like like it's a perfect storm. I mean, is this going to be one of your bigger bets of the, are you going to like limit bet this or what? No, I'm going to bet it. I'm not going to limit bet it just because you can get over 34 by accident, just by defensive scores and the like, but kudos to Dave Essler just three weeks ago. Oh, you're going for 55%. See, I think that's the mistake is sometimes some batters when they really take off the rubber band, it's the wrong games. It feels like there is no way for it to lose, which means they're missing something. That's a great piece of advice. If you don't see the other side of a handicap, then you got the wrong handicap because it means you're not seeing the whole thing because there's no line that is that wrong. That's the other side of this. It's such a low nut. It's almost like with Mayweather where we laid, what, what did we end up playing? I can't remember minus three fifty or something, but, but there's some times where you bet a lot to win a little that it's some of the best bets you're ever going to have. But people don't want to bet 800 to win 100, even though if the true odds should be 14 to 1 or whatever, because they, I think these low totals are keeping people away from it because their just instinct is, oh, one kick return and one fumble, I'm screwed. But that's why you can bet it. You got to embrace that uncertainty to get your rock solid, maybe 58% in this case. It's a great point. And back on week one, remember Dave came on. That's it was his best bet here on the podcast talking about the Rams Raiders under 39. I was like, wow, I played under 42 RJ. I don't know about 39. I loved it at 42. Well, I was a square there under 39 was still a great bet. Yeah. But again, you got your, and, that, and listen, that, that brings up one more macro point. We'll move on. In general, if all you do is say, I'm only betting games I get the best number at, you're probably, there's going to be a lot of winners you miss, but you're going to miss a lot of losers. It's just like in poker. There's a lot of hands that are marginal hands. Unless you're a true expert, it's best to not play those hands because to go from being a small winner to a, a fairly large loser on those type of bets happens pretty quick. So be careful, uh, even though some obviously are going to win. Last thing I want to talk about here. And then we're getting the best bets. And let's go quick and round the horn. Maddie, how much do you think the helmet rule is going to affect toll? And we'll talk about this specifically next week. But let's start the general conversation. Helmet rule, what kind of effect does it have early this NFL season? I don't think it's a big one, but 
I warned betters of this. A lot of people said, hey, that NBA shortened season, the strike shortened one, those totals won't be a big year. None of the sports books could keep up with how bad they were pounding the unders in those situations. We've seen rule changes that have been underestimated before. And in my opinion, the last 10 to 15 years, everyone tends to overly talk about them, but underestimate or underchange their values in comparison to them. So I never underestimate anymore. My gut feeling is I don't feel like this one's a big change, but we sure have seen some rules in the past that played a heck of a lot bigger change than anybody could have anticipated. Speaking from the bookmaker's perspective, is that because a lot of the opening numbers are mechanical Yes, because you've got a history. And even though your gut feeling is this subjective factor should affect things, they're leery about making that subjectivity a big part of their number. Yes, we all knew in that strike-shortened NBA season when they started late and they were playing three straight days sometimes that these guys are going to be tired and they're going to shoot horrible because they had no preseason. And we adjusted it a little bit. But people were blindly playing under every single game and hitting an unbelievable percent until finally the market caught up with it. And we've seen it with some rule changes in the past. I personally, again, I don't think this is a big one, but the market itself has underestimated changes before. I agree exactly what Maddie's saying. Fez, where are you at? I think it's worth a point and a half. The average scoring in the NFL last year was 43 and a half. I think this year we're going to see an average of 45. However, what's week, what's week one market doing? However, week one market, if anything, is leaking lower because there's another factor in play week one. So many of these teams are choosing to play their quarterbacks so lightly in preseason that there's a strong feeling. Remember, weeks one and two are normally good under weeks, 12 and three to the under. Uh, I'm sorry, 10 and 2 to the under on Sunday last year. And because of that, and a lot of hardly any reps for the key players on offense, that's driving the totals down. So these two factors, the helmet rule and the lack of playing time, are offsetting each other week one. But if you find a team that has two quarterbacks that played a full dress rehearsal, which is usually through the halftime and take a couple snaps in the third quarter, then. You, you're, uh, there's the absence of the factor that's leaning towards the under. Yes. Oh, it sounds like I, he just smirked like, oh, you're on to something there. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> boy, I tell you, I, I, we'll talk about it next week. Rams, Chicago, two teams with young quarterbacks. I get golf had a good year, but, and, and didn't play him even in game three. It's like, when are they going to get any better? I think those teams are at a big... It's Belichick versus those coaches. And I get McVay is supposed to be the boy genius, but I think that's a mistake. I'm downgrading those teams. And we'll talk about it game-specific next week. Brad, what's your thoughts on the helmet rule? Yeah, I thought, you know, I'm similar to, to Fezzik. I was only at about a point, though, difference. And again, Fezzik, you know, let me ask you, because you had already attacked a lot of the unders in week one very early on in the process. How are you, you know, managing the, the bankroll on that? It's like Brad's, you, like, I, Brad's I like he's still host. Yeah, well, I'm just wondering because, you know, the, I didn't think you blindly bet him, but you had attacked a lot of numbers in week one of the NFL. I don't think at that time you were really taking into consideration the rule, that rule change. What are, how are you attacking it now? I think all my unders were strong. The marketplace opened, frankly, just too high for week one. They forgot that week one was such such lower scoring. So I'm going to beat the market on two points on all those bets. I'm fine with them. Last topic and best bets. I heard something. I don't remember where it really made me think. Brissette 
that's how you say his name for the Colts, right? Brissett? The yeah, back of Jacoby quarterback? Brissett. Yeah. Brissett, okay. Yeah. Is, I was thinking Brissett for some reason. Okay. Is. Brisket? <laughs> oh, that's true. I, I just ate. The <laughs> Cocker, I hardly know her. Oh, wait, that's Letterman said that. The, <laughs> yeah, Joe Cocker on, and he, it was back in the albums, like in 85, he puts out the album, it's just called Cocker. He goes, Cocker, I hardly know her. <laughs> that little subversiveness from the 80s there. <laughs> the It really struck me that they didn't take like second round pick. Like I want two number ones for for this backup quarterback. You know, you hear crazy talk. But what we know is they haven't traded him, right? We haven't seen Andrew Luck throw downfield. Is that a, a sign that Luck's health is a, still a big question mark? The fact that... Brissett is it wasn't traded when it looked like he should have been traded. I think it is a sign. The reason I'm cautiously optimistic about Luck is even though he's 90% plus of his passes have been 15 yards or fewer, RJ, he is actively running down the field and actually taking hits. So he thinks his body is healthy. Well, maybe, but there's a difference between can his shoulder take a hit and the strength of the shoulder to throw. Great point. Right? I mean, maybe it's not that he's, if anything, what you're saying makes us even more scared that maybe this is permanent. This is now his current strength of his shoulder. It's not going to get any better. He's okay taking a hit. He just doesn't have an arm near as strong as he used to. And he threw a nice 15-yard touchdown pass, but it was a lollipop into coverage. Not like he fired it in there last week. I like to look at what the people that know do, and I think it can tell you what they know sometimes. And I'm not saying I know for sure, but I, I, that's making me a little less optimistic about Andrew Luck's health. We played the Colts over six wins. We might be coming back under seven at plus money. A nice fat middle, RJ. Okay, guys, one last commercial break and then best bets. No doubt you want to get an edge over Vegas and the books. BetQL is available for download. And it's the only mobile app that puts all the important research you need to make Smart bets in one place. With BetQL, you can easily access line movement to see how the lines have moved. This app gives you access to public betting trends in real time so you can see which side the public favors. BetQL's powerful algo gives users value bets of the day based off of detailed recent and historical trends. You can also calculate your return on your picks and track them throughout the day. The best part of all, you can download BetQL for free from your Apple or Android device. Head to betql.co for download the only app you need to outsmart Vegas. That's betql.co. BetQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer, trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both the Apple and Android. Oh, my old friend, True Car. These days, news travels lightning fast, which is great if you're a sports fan. Between status updates, breaking news notifications, and Twitter feeds, you can always be up to the minute on every team and every game. While this is great for sports, it's the opposite when it comes to buying a car. Go online and you're bombarded with numbers, invoice price, list price, dealer price. It's hard to recognize how to recognize a good price. 
Not anymore. Introducing True Price from True Car. It's the only price you need to know because it's exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories. How do you know if a True Price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car you want. So you know how to recognize a good price and your certified dealers know this. So they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all States, which means if it is available, take advantage. Okay, guys, best bedtime. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good all right maddie holt the president he's on his phone like half the party so important we're gonna let you go first and then you can cut out best bet maddie holt i'm going to texas tech minus the two and a half against old miss here this is one of my favorite teams in the offseason in terms of season win totals i love what kingsbury's done with the offense we all know 44 and a half points per game in season openers the last 18 years since 2000 so we know that ever since they've gone to the spread offense they normally are a high scoring team they tend to score a ton of points in season openers but they've played in houston three of the last four years familiarity with this stadium here their defense improved by over 100 yards per game last season and they returned 10 starters from that defense i really like this texas tech team i really like this spot for this team and i'm going to go ahead and lay the short number less than a field goal at texas tech to beat old miss who i think still in a little bit of rebuild coming off you know the the sanctions that they had hey good analysis and that guy is it's like a perfect like you got a radio you could be like a radio guy great presentation maddie holt he'll be with us at least one podcast a week we're going to figure out exactly how and uh check in next week we're not going to do an nfl this week we'll be back next week with two pods college out wednesday morning NFL out Thursday morning, subscribe, any podcast platform, just search for RJ Bell, subscribe, dream preview, you get it immediately, but Maddie will be a part of it. Buddy, I'll let you go. If you're, you you ready, you're going to sit in for five more minutes or are you going to cut out? Yeah, I'll sit in kind of. All right. On your phone. (laughs) But if you got something important, you're jumping. All right, Fez, before we get started with you, uh, listen, we have had a pregame, I mean, like we're breaking records and it's not even close uh, for for a few months now. Just the energy around the pod, the energy around a lot of good work you guys have been doing and the other pros. Uh, this is the time if you want to get Brad for college, you want to get Fezzik for college NFL. And obviously Brad's NFL is you know, good too. He's a more of a selective player. Whatever it is, we've got the season-long packages up. And I get it. If you're buying an individual daily pick and – you know, if you're spot buying five or six, seven a year, it's fine, right? I mean, obviously it's a more expensive, but for a very limited number of picks. But if you want to follow Fezzik, I mean, think about it. I want to bet with, because he is the dirtiest player, is why not have him on your side, right? When, I'm sure a lot of you are listening to the stuff he does and says, man, I wish I had 10% of that. Well, you buy a season package and you sort of do. That's the point. You get all this stuff. And, uh, We're going to give you a coupon here, kickoff25. So all caps, all one word, kickoff, and then the two and the five. And anything you want to buy, and we're going to run this through Monday, 
So it's good on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, but not good Tuesday. Kick off 25. Get whatever you want. You want to just buy one pick and get 25% off? Well, why not? As opposed to not getting anything off. But the real value is the season-long stuff. What is it, Fez? In the eight eight fifty eight seventy five range yes. for seasons? Think about that. You can bet with Fezzik. You can bet with Brad for that kind of money. And one other special just for the podcast, guys. And, you know, I didn't even think to do this, but I'm going to do it now. Impromptu. If you want Brad's college and Fez's NFL, okay? Now think about that. That's Talk about a dream. Email Tom at pregame.com. Mackie, make sure he knows about this, all right? You got it. You got it? All right. Tom at pregame.com. Tell him you want the special. Now you can still use the coupon. And what we'll do is hook up, get you a link for the same price as getting Fez's by itself or Brad's by itself. And obviously that's a great option too for the same. And if somehow you want Fez's pro and college and Brad's college, like we'll put together anything you want. Tom will. But this one I think is going to be very appealing. Brad's college, Fez's pro, same current discounted rate, less than 900 bucks. And you're getting 25% off that by using kickoff 25 that or on anything guys. Now, if you're going to buy now's the time you get the best value. And Hey, if you listen to these guys, you know how sharp they are. All right, Fez, that's a heck of a wind up. Best bet. Best bet Sunday night, Miami LSU. We're going to go under the 48 RJ. And this is all about, in my opinion, the math guys not take, paying enough attention to LSU. Ed Ogeron, very conservative coach. LSU conservative when they go away from home. Of their last 10 games that weren't being played in Baton Rouge, eight of the 10 went under 48 and a half. They played two games against good opponents to start the year. Two years ago and last year, both games went way under. And anyone who watches Ogeron, what's the danger when a team gets behind? They get aggressive. They start going down the field. They run reverses. So, so you're saying the danger towards, uh, towards to your under. To your under because of weird stuff, defensive scores. Anyone who's watched the LSU-Alabama games the last two years as Alabama ground their way to two double-digit victories and LSU just doesn't take risks, Ogeron doesn't take risk. He's so careful with the ball that he's an under dream in these type of games under 48. Pretty good. Pretty good. And you know, everyone exalts the math guys. Math is foolish. If, if, if you don't have enough data. And I think that it's almost, especially in football and in baseball, I can deal with it. Even in NBA, I can deal with it. When you have 12, 13 games a year and things are changing, there's injuries, coaches are changing. When do you ever have enough? Now, if it's a per play data, I can trust it. But it's like how this coach scores or how he doesn't. I think in football, especially the data can be a nice foundation. But boy, you better have some subjective um, expertise or you're in trouble. Yeah. And a fourth and three from midfield. um, Peterson uh, may well fake it. Not Ogeron. He, He said the guy's name like four different ways. Yeah, or is wrong. <laughs> yeah, or is wrong. It's one thing to get it just playing wrong. Yeah. He said it like four different ways. I can't spell it either. <laughs> as long as one hits. All right. Best bet, Brad. Yeah, a little off the board here. How about game number 171? We're going to take Northern Illinois plus 10.5 over Iowa. Iowa has both. Both of their starting offensive tackles suspended for this game. On the other side of the field, Northern Illinois has one of the best group of five defenses in the country. Sutton Smith, defensive end, Northern Illinois, pro football focus. 
ranks the best college football players in the country. Sutton Smith, number four overall player in the entire country, led the nation in tackles for loss. That's a mismatch in favor of a double-digit underdog. Sutton Smith against those inexperienced offensive tackles. Iowa, Kinnick Stadium. Well, wow, they crush Ohio State. They beat Michigan a couple years ago. Yeah, Iowa's great as a dog at home, but as a favorite, last six years, if you blindly play on Iowa every time they're a home favorite, you'd hit 31% of the time. Conversely, on the other side, in the, in the entire country, Northern Illinois, last 10 years, the best road team in college football. They hit 68% of the time against the spread, 41-19 and 19 last 10 years. Last year, outright upset win in Big Ten country against Nebraska. Near outright upset of a game they dominate. Similar style team, San Diego State. Near upset over Boston College. Live dog here, sprinkle in a little money line. Northern Illinois, plus 10.5. Wow. Sign me up for Braddon College and Fez. I, I got a feeling that one's going to be an all-timer, take advantage, kick off 25. By the way, guys, we're going to end right now, but we're going to say goodbye with Dave Esler has a pick on the Thursday night college football. If you're listening past Thursday, shame on you, but you can stop now. If not, listen to Dave's freebie. You can follow him on Twitter, at Dave Esler, but it's underscore, at Dave underscore Esler, E-S-S-L-E-R, Fezzik, F-E-Z-Z-I-K. It's at Fezzik Sports. I'm R.J. Bell. Talk to you next week. Free pick this week, and it's a Thursday night college football game. Wake Forest, Tulane, under. Why is it staying under? Well, this one's about how I see the game being played out, probably more than X's and O's. Wake's going down to New Orleans. They just want to win on the road. And they're starting Sam Hartman, who is a freshman quarterback with exactly zero career passes. So it's not likely Clawson's going to give him the keys to the offense. But he doesn't have to. Wake brings back 131 career starts on the offensive line. And Tulane's defensive line is young and a bit undersized here. So Wake has no reason to open things up. On the other side, Tulane runs the triple option. You know, you guys that know me know I'm big about uh, the sort of matchups here. Wake sees that against Georgia Tech. I worry about Tulane's quarterback situation. Fritz has already said that this LSU transfer McMillan's going to play sooner than, rather than later. So I can see Banks maybe trying to do too much. These two played two years ago. It was a 7-3 to three game. I looked at the box score. It was actually more boring than that. Uh, that'd be a nice result here, but I'll take 27-23, not care who wins, and under. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.